This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.48 a.m. You are listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana with Keith and Jen Sun. Now, to the relief of many, Budget 2023 did not see a cut in allocation for the healthcare sector. The Ministry of Health, in fact, received the second highest budget allocation at 36.3 billion ringgit, amounting to 9% of the total budget. Among the key initiatives announced in Datot Sri Anwar Ibrahim's speech include 3 billion for new permanent and contract appointments of more than 1,500 medical officers, dental officers and pharmacists. The lower income groups were also provided for via the PECA B40 scheme, which received 80 million to fund early health screenings and 120 million for the Madani healthcare scheme for medical treatment in private clinics. So funding was also provided to upgrade 26 public hospitals, including 700 million ringgit, to build a 400-bed women and children's block in Hospital Malacca. So on paper, the healthcare allocation budget appears generous but does it strike the right balance in terms of short-term action with long-term policies? Joining us for reactions to the budget is Azrul Mohamad Khalib, CEO at the Galen Centre for Health and Social Policy. Azrul, good morning. Thank you as always for joining us. Now, does the higher budget allocation for the Ministry of Health of 36.3 billion ringgit, that is a 12% increase from the previous year, does it send the right signal that the government is prioritising public health care? Well, good morning, everyone. You know, the in terms of allocation uh, at 36.3 billion, uh, the allocation for health in this budget signals a slightly greater commitment to health compared to the previous budget proposed by the Ismail Sabri administration, if we remember back at 36.1 billion. Now, at 12%, the good news is it's as by far the biggest percentage of increase for the Ministry of Health budget in the past five years, and it's also highest in absolute terms and is 9.4% of the total budget of of uh, 388.1 billion you know we heard a lot about the 5% of gdp it's this brings it up to 2.2% of gdp but you know to give us a reminder of how much uh, uh in healthcare expenditure is on the increase it's sobering to to find to note that the allocation for operational expenditure alone in this budget at 31.5 billion now exceeds the total allocation for health in the 2020 budget, which was 30.84 billion. So that's quite sobering to note there. So it's good news in terms of allocation, which is the second largest, or last year it was the highest, but this year it's the second largest, but these expenditures tend to increase every year. Mm. So how far does the allocation of 3 billion ringgit go to plug in the shortfall in medical staff appointments in public hospitals? Well, you know, uh, the honest truth is we don't know. Um, There is no publicly available information on what is the total actual need of funding. And even the 5% that we've heard so much about is is really based on what an upper-middle-income country like Malaysia should allocate for health, not based on the estimation or costing that we know about. So ideally... We should have a number which represents the total number of staff uh, needed for the public health care system to staff hospitals, clinics, services and offices, looking then at the existing levels of manpower and then strategizing how to fill uh, the gap between what we actually need and what we actually have. So the number I think you just mentioned just now of 1,500 permanent and contract positions covering uh, medical, dental, and pharmacy offices, uh, are they only for those or do they also 
uh, cover other critical healthcare workers, such as um, you know nurses, allied health workers, medical assistants, health technicians, and other professions. We've there are some serious questions there because the the truth is is that without sufficient nurses for 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 example, uh, hospitals and clinics cannot function. Do we have enough funds to ensure even the retention of existing staff? Because as we know, there's a hemorrhage of healthcare workers from the healthcare system today. And seriously, you know, I, I ringe. Uh, whenever I hear a member of parliament demand a new hospital for their kawasan, you know, the, the building of a new hospital is not like playing a game of SimCity, if anybody knows that reference, you know. Where you click on the icon and it builds the hospital, it comes automatically equipped with staff and annual budget. So even the recently officiated hospitals are reportedly forced to draw staff from existing hospitals. So, you know, there's a lot of, of uh, unknowns here. And definitely uh, this $3 billion, I, if I were to hazard a guess, is still insufficient. And uh, Azrul, uh, the Health Minister, Fatila Sidik, she disclosed in Parliament yesterday that uh, there are measures being undertaken to address the shortages that you were talking about, you know, encouraging Malaysian specialists working overseas to return home, uh, things like increasing the number, uh, expediting the appointment process of all medical graduates. Is this the panacea to, to, to solve every, everything uh, in, in addition to the budget that has been allocated? Unfortunately, again, we don't know because uh, if we were to uh, uh, look at past uh, uh, interventions, we find that whatever you do today, whatever uh, we see today is as a result of what was done maybe one or two years ago. Uh, so any intervention or any kind of initiative that's introduced, like the task force, the discussion that uh, the Deputy Prime Minister talking about in Parliament recently, we may only just see the results maybe two years from now. So today we're uh, seeing more and more people who decided to leave the service maybe this year or last year. So we'll only know in a couple of years' time whether those uh, initiatives have been effective. Azul, just under 5 billion ringgit is, is allocated for healthcare development expenditure. What's your assessment of how this is being spent? Is it being invested in the right areas of public healthcare based on the available information now? Well, you know, uh, from a total of the breakdown, right, uh, 36.3 billion allocated, uh, uh, there's uh, 31.5 billion for uh, operational expenditure and, and I think 4.827 billion for development expenditure. So, as you said, uh, a little under five billion. So, if we look at the the DevEx and then also OPEX, we find that you know there is a massive increase in investment amounting to hundreds of millions of ringgit in critical infrastructure. Now, this is a good thing, you know, because we need to repair, maintain, and upgrade existing and aging structures and facilities, including modernization and digitalization of health information systems. Now, it's uh, you know a lot of people don't know that. A lot of, uh, I think out of Malaysia's more than 156 public hospitals, 45 are over 100 years old. So by putting in more funding, more investment in this critical area, we'll be able to potentially translate to uh, improved efficiency, shorter patient waiting times and better delivery of health services. Unfortunately, DevEx still is small and a lot of the money is still going to OPEX, which is going to salaries, emoluments, and so forth, which is 
are quite unfortunate because we really need more money in DevEx. Hmm. I just want to uh, correct that uh, we may have misnamed the Minister of Health earlier. It's Dr. Zaliha Mustafa. Uh, But in any case... That was the education minister. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Getting used to all the new faces and the new (laughs) names, yeah. Uh, But in any case, uh, Azra, looking at um, the public health, right? I mean, what stands out to you in Budget 2023 in terms of initiatives that uh, will have the biggest impact on public health? Well, you know, everything's Madani these days, right? But, <laughs> you know, if you see the scheme Pubata Madani or the Madani uh, medical scheme, and this is a very interesting initiative. It's potentially a game changer. Now, we have seen the proven public-private partnership models from Slangor and Protect Health Corporation and so forth. And this initiative is something to look out for. Think about it, you know, if we provide those who qualify to be enrolled in the scheme uh, particularly those from the low-income households with subsidized access to private GP or general practitioner clinics at a national level, this scheme could significantly relieve burden on congested emergency departments at public hospitals across the country. So they don't need to go to the uh, EDs, which are full of people. They can just go to a GP and not pay anything at uh, the clinic that they visit because they're covered under this scheme. So it's... a uh, a potential uh, 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 initiative that we see to be able to deliver results very, very quickly. And um, Azrul, in the minute that we have, um, what's next on the policy agenda that you'll be keeping watch from the Minister of Health? Well, definitely we're looking at where we are going to go with the uh, vape uh, tobacco uh, discussions there. And we certainly note that the proposal at the moment does not include vape without nicotine. Now, the Malaysian vape industry is estimated to be more than 2 billion ringgit. It's made up of mostly no nicotine vape. So if we only regulate and tax nicotine vape and e-cigarettes, now it's going to produce less than what the government expects. So we say all vape and e-cigarette products should be taxed. Now, you know, we've identified for the Unity government four issues for them to address as part of the health in the first 100 days. And we're going to be looking at that. So... First one is uh, dealing with the outpouring of talent, expertise and manpower from the public healthcare system. Second is dealing with the congestion in hostile emergency departments. Third is the tobacco bill to table it and to vote and pass it so that we can actually deal with these uh, products under the proposed legislation. We need to do this today and finally address the concern regarding the safety of our public healthcare facilities. Now, the first three government is already starting to move on it and that's great we we love it and it's going to be something great for us to report on the first 100 days the fourth unfortunately we still don't see much movement on and this is actually low-hanging fruit and Mm. this specifically i address is the uh report from the hospital sotana amina fire Mm. from 2016 which claimed the lives of six patients and injuring several others including staff Mm. so there's been several fires prior to that, and there has been a fire in 2020 and one in a public clinic in Kuching in 2021. So there is a concern concerning the safety of our public health care facilities. And I really call on uh, the Minister of Health to release the HSA report so that the families of uh, the victims of that fire is able to get some closure. But most importantly, we're able to see what needs to be done and invest in concerning the safety of public health care facilities. So All right, you know, the first three has been done. And the fourth one, we're waiting 
eagerly for that to happen as well. So are we. Thank you so much for speaking to us. That was Azrul Mohammad Khalib, CEO of Galen Centre for Health and Social Policy, giving us his reactions to Budget 2023. Stay tuned because after the 8am News Bulletin, we are going to be speaking to Datuk Johan Mahmoud Merican, Treasury Secretary General of the Ministry of Finance uh, on The Breakfast Grill, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.